You are now listening to another episode of Saints Edified. I'm your host Arturo, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in. If you would like to support this ministry, please visit our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash saintsedified. You may also visit our website and check out the Saints Edified merchandise and accessories, including the highly requested 15-ounce Sole de Gloria mug. To visit our website, just go to www.saintsedified.com. On this episode, I have highlighted parts of interviews, discussions, and previous episodes that touch on specific topics. You can visit the Saints Edified YouTube page to watch and listen to the full audio and video clips of these segments. I will also provide links with brief descriptions of each clip I use for your convenience. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me. You may do so by going to our Facebook page, or you can go ahead and just email me, saintsedified at dma.com. Saints, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Christians who love theology and apologetics, uh, it just stays. It just stays in your head. You know, it doesn't really uh, flow out from your heart at all. So, so my thing is, when I talk to a Catholic, um, I'm not just trying to prove them wrong, right? And just walk away like, yeah, I, I beat that guy, you know, whatever. But, but, but I, I, I want to be able to say, look, your religion is actually keeping you in bondage. You're still in sin, and in and it's, it's and it's so bad that you even have. The mother of our savior elevated to his level when i reflect on this on my own i i, I just thank god i thank god that mary wasn't another christ <laughs> just i mean I, I i hate to put it that way but 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 I, I thank god that that we just have christ and that's all we need um and he was the the only unique one right so right all that to say man is that my question is how do we as a, a apologist you know those who love to evangelize to catholics how do we step back for a moment and be like, all right, so now that we know all this and when we, when we get into the Greek, how does this encourage us? How does this, how, mm. how does this uh, lead us to prayer and worship? Um, how, and how does this theology lead to doxology is what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I think it's an excellent question. Something. Okay. So I've been in that cage stage mentality before. I feel like a lot of Calvinists got to learn the hard way, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, but one of the passages that began to really, change my heart in the matter, how I deal with other people. For one, it's just walking with the Lord, knowing him through his word, communicating to him through prayer. I always teach that God has clearly spoken to us through his word. He's not going to speak to you in a still small voice. He's clearly spoken to us in his word. So get acquainted with the Lord that saved you. And this is one of the, the passages I think we, we alluded to earlier. Second okay. Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. I love this. This is what I always pray that God would use a broken, sinful vessel like me for. And the Lord's servant. What, what, what was the verse again? Um, 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 oh. and 25. Okay, cool. All right. Yes. Okay, good. Um, which says, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. And I automatically pause right there to think about, okay, what's, What's the point that I'm inter- interacting with somebody? Is it just to argue for the sake of argument? Right, right, uh, shame right. on me if that's the point. If I'm going to dispute and get into um, arguments over genealogies, which Paul is telling Timothy later in the letter, don't do that. That's not the whole point of this. Um, words are important. Words have meaning. But are you quarreling and arguing for the sake of argument? Right. So the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone. Now, I, I take that right here. That's sanctifying the Lord in your heart like First Peter 3 talks about. Um, you're being kind. You're showing them the love of Christ. Able to teach. Now, this makes me think about, um, you know, 2 Timothy 
215 about the man of God must handle the word with precision. Um, you know, I mean, we're trying to rightly divide and handle the word of God here. Like this is important. We're tr- we want to teach people the truth, right? And this right. is where Saul scripture, the word of God is the ultimate standard and authority in our life. Like it has to be. And I believe yeah. scripture teaches us. Jesus even said the, uh, the scripture cannot be broken. So I'm just saying I have so many little thoughts when I come to one verse. And guess what? It's other scriptures that are coming to supplement them. But the Lord's servant must be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. That would include their condescending tone. They may, you know, just persecution comes in all many types of ways. Be patient with them, right? Correcting his opponents. Now, this is interesting because if we could post somewhere 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, I believe it's 3, 4, and 5 where it talks about that we war not against flesh and blood. This, that we are in a spiritual warfare, and there are strongholds that have people captive. And so just in that verse is right there, uh, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. We yeah. Now this is the part where I read this in the context, and I thought, wow, this changes how I want to interact with people. To me, this is apologetics on fire we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god to take every thought captive to obey christ apologetics giving a defense for the hope that lies within you not being captivated by the elemental spirits of this world because we understand all the riches and treasures of knowledge and wisdom are found in jesus christ and him alone So my point is, going back to our other major text, we correct opponents with gentleness, with Christian love, the same way that our Lord first loved us while we were rebellious sinners towards him. Now, this is where my Reformed theology comes out of me, this next next part, that God may perhaps grant grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of truth. Guess what? I can't convince anybody of anything. God is the one that must grant repentance, but he may use the means of me representing Christ, showing them the word of God, the truth. That might be that means that he grants someone repentance. Right, right. Awesome, bro. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I, I love that passage too. Uh, I remember the first time I came across that, uh, it was actually, well, the first time it popped out to me, I should say, uh, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance. Um, I just remember feeling like there's, there's a time when I first became a Calvinist and, and, you know, you just think like, okay, God's, God's word is, is harsh and it's truth. You just accept it, you know, and, and I must also be that way too. When I, when I go and evangelize, but then I read this and this popped out and it just convicted me, man. And, mm. um, so I love the fact that how, how, how you brought this up. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Don't worry, this podcast episode will continue after a quick message or two from our sponsors and partners. As a Reformed minister in in Uganda, I can imagine you have challenges. The prosperity gospel is so attractive. It's so attractive to hear that God wants you to be rich and God wants you to have everything. And then here comes Pastor Mafabi with the solid gospel. How do you deal with all that? The challenge which we are facing right now uh, of our church being relocated, the owner told us that he wants us to vacate uh, by the month. 
but because he has been involved in a Pentecostal movement, they just want to give us a hard time yeah. to break down the church and try to struggle again. And then also being in the Muslim community, I do face a number of challenges. I was arrested some years back and in prison for no reason, for, for going out to preach the gospel to a Muslim family. You know, I was arrested, I was detained until I had to pay a lot of money. But what I know is Apostle Paul has told us and we know that in the gospel, we must pay the price. To preach the gospel, you must have a sacrificial life. That's who I am. You can listen to my full interview with Pastor Mafabi on the Saints Edified YouTube channel. Now more than ever, our, our brother needs our support. Go check out the glow section on SaintsEdified.com to learn more about Pastor Mafabi's ministry. I've known Mafabi now for about a decade. He's a Reformed Baptist minister in Uganda who loves serving his community and children in need. We are proudly partnered with New Hope for Africa, which is what we use to donate to our friend's ministry. Visit NewHopeForAfrica.com and be sure to note that your donations are for Pastor Mafabi. Thank you. Salute de Gloria. In this day and age, mainstream radio with all its entertainment, music, sports, and everything that it has to offer, it's hard to find a radio station that glorifies God alone. Redeemed Project Radio is an online radio network that provides sound biblical teaching along with Christian hip-hop, podcasts, scripture readings, sermons, live events, and more. Check out www.redeemedprojectradio.com today. Now back to our show. One thing I really want to focus on is um, how do we get this theology right, and not just keep it in our mind. How does this how does this theology uh, turn into doxology? That's what I'm saying. You know, when we take His Word and we um, actually live it out. You know that, that that we're not just hearers, but we're also doers of the Word. So, you know, after after all the, all that reading and and everything, how should a Christian take all that and apply it? Well, I would say just right off the bat, I, I think of two things. Um, first, I think of an evangelistic aspect of it. Um, when, when we're witnessing to our unbelieving friends and neighbors and coworkers, um, to if we believe that that the word of God is inspired, it is the word of God, God is speaking, then we can trust what God says about the unbeliever. And uh, we can get into trouble of, of trying to figure out how to witness to someone who's let's say an atheist or an agnostic or even someone who is um, in another um, religion. Um, you know, I found more recently that, uh, you know, people that know me understand that I, I, I lean more towards presuppositional apologetics, yeah. um, that, that methodology, um, just because I think it, it gives, it gives, it pushes the, the person or the Christian who's presenting the gospel to stick with the scriptures. And one of the things that, one of the things that I learned is that um, when the, when the Bible says that their problem, the, the atheist problem or the unbeliever problem, isn't more evidence, they don't need more evidence, right? Romans right, one right. is very clear that you have no excuse already, um, but that you're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And if I take the doctrine of inspiration and say, okay, this is God telling me, how to witness to an unbeliever by 
first believing what he has to say about them, that they and us before we were Christians, we were suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And so now we don't need to hammer them over the head with all these evidences. We, we, we know that it's a sin problem. Um, and so that, that helps us and gives us confidence when it comes to um, evangelizing the lost right. is um, understanding that God has something to say about them and we can trust what he has to say. Um, and it, he talks about us have been, having been that way too. So, um, and then the second thing would be, you know, you ask, how does this, you know, work into real life? Um, how does it become doxology? And I think one of the biggest things is when you are in a season of just, whether it be suffering or turmoil or whatever, um, that the promises of God that you find in the scriptures are his promises to you. Um, and cause I don't know if you can see, but on my wall back here, I have uh, two framed pictures of Romans eight on my wall because I live in the promises of God in Romans eight. Yeah. Those two up there. Um, okay. All right. As, Cause Romans eight, I think contains some of the greatest promises in all of scripture, you know, therefore there, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, um, who is to condemn. It is God who justifies, um, what shall separate us from the love of Christ. Um, and, you know, Paul goes on to say, nothing shall separate us. Um, things like when he says, um, if God did not, uh, first, or if he did not keep his own son from us, but gave him up for us all, how much will he um, give us all things? I mean, you have some of the most beautiful promises in all of scripture. And so when you're walking through um, something that's hard or difficult, you can lean on those promises because the very words you're reading are the words of the living God to you right then and there. Um, and, and that's how I make this sort of um theology move from my head to my heart because when I'm dealing with a, a, a four-year-old who is right on the other side of this wall who is screaming and yelling and we're having a bad day hmm. um, I know I can look back when it says all things work together for good for those who love God hmm. and I can understand that you know my son isn't the enemy and and, and we're not fighting against each other um, because God says, you know, all things are going to work together for good. And so it's, it's those sorts of things that um, really can, can center, center me um, when I really think about the inspiration of scripture, because it literally is the God who breathed out the sun, breathe into this book. And he has something to say to me in the moments when I'm struggling or, or, you know, down low or, or, or whatever. So yeah. I could, I could talk about that all day. So I'll yeah. let Roland go ahead. I get real passionate about that. So yeah. Good. I mean, I would say that it is, you know, our survival guide to, you know, being sojourners, you know, in this, in this, you know, in the, in the world, you know, we, we, we are in the world. We're not of the world. Um, you know, we are, we are here as, as representations of, 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 you know, of, of Christ. Uh, you know, we are here to do the same thing that Christ was doing, you know, while he was here. You know, uh, building, you know, making uh, disciples and, and, you know, being in the word and, you know, being amongst, you know, uh, um, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ and, you know, and, and tending to their needs and then tending to the needs of those outside of the church. And, you know, all these different things uh, that are, you know, less about ourselves and more about other people. And that's if, if, if that's one example that you can glean from Christ, it's that, is that he came as a servant. And that is our example 
you know, uh, far too many times I'm guilty. You know, I, I serve myself. Trust me, I serve myself quite well. I fail miserably when it comes to serving others, you know, but I'm taken care of, trust me. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's about, you know, kind of, you know, dealing with, with, with that part of ourselves, you know, caring for others more than we care for ourselves. I mean, Jesus did. I mean, Jesus was, you know, um, washing the disciples' feet before he was, you know, nailed to the cross. I mean, so Jesus is our example. You know, um, he is our example. He is the, 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 the example that, that we can see, you know, of the things that he was doing. And then we're also told of who he is, you know, for, you know, the, his, his coming, you know, we knew about his coming. We knew about him being here. We knew about his ministry and we know about his return, you know, all through the word, you know, so there, there isn't one area, you know, in the Christian life that God hasn't covered. He's got every facet, you know, covered, um, you know, by, by what he has revealed to us again through his word and, and, you know, back to special revelation and general revelation and what we can see and what is in us, you know, that, that God has put in us that we, you know, suppress in unrighteousness. Right. Uh, you know, so I would say that, you know, again, um, the Christian life is about definitely, you know, continually, you know, uh, dealing with our, our sinful flesh, you know, learning how to serve others better, you know, seeing that as, as, as Christ was, you know, and, and, and making disciples, you know, and, uh, and, and getting, and getting the word out there, you know, far too many times people will, um, you know, it's like what we were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, we need the, um, you know, we need the, uh, the Bible plus something else, you know, and, and this isn't the first time and, and, you know, in existence that, you know, that is a big thing. I mean, it's just par for the course, you know, in, in human existence that, you know, the people are always going to think that, you know, the Bible isn't sufficient and that it's going to take something more than, you know, the word because people don't see the word as being maybe powerful enough to, to do these things, you know. So let's create a policy or something like that that may bring, you know, what we're looking for in a manner that we want it, as opposed to the manner that God has decreed that it will happen. You know, so again, scripture is sufficient, you know, uh, make disciples, uh, study, of course, um, and, um, you know, love your brothers and sisters and serve them well, is what I say. Right, right. One thing that I really do hope for, for the Christians who are looking for more than just scripture, when they hear their brothers at the church and sisters at the church say things like, oh, God spoke to me and said this and did that or in a vision or I had a dream or um, or whatever, you know, like I, I was I was painting and God spoke to me in this way, you know, or, or I don't know, like those, you know, people do weird things. If they if they're one of those Christians that say, look, God is not talking to me in that way. Like, am I not loved by him? Am I different? Am I just not really um, that special? You know, like, how come these guys get these experiences and I don't? Um, I, I want to, I want to talk to those Christians and say, look, look, God's word, it's His word to you. If you're if you're a believer, it's Him talking to you. When you read it, He is actually talking to you. Listen to what we said earlier about what it means to be inspired. You know, um, breathe out, right? That that God is actually speaking out to us. So when you read these gospel promises, like in Romans eight and things like that, or, or when you read things how God knew you before the foundation of the world, 
Like, can you imagine God telling you that in person? Like, you know, like I, I thought about you. you know, before you were even born, before I created anything, I thought about you, you know, and I had you in my heart. You know, I loved you, you know, and, and, and that's what the Bible says. Take that for what it is. You know, it's God's word. And Paul, he thanked God that the Thessalonians understood that they knew that it wasn't just his word or a human word, but it was a divine word from God. To Christians that are, are in that little weird phase, perhaps they don't go to biblical church or maybe they're, saying they, they're hanging out with guys that just have these experiences. When you when you study and read inspiration of scripture, it's going to lead you to your knees because doxology matters. It, if, if God's word is true and, and you see it as true, it's going to impact you in, in, in a real way. So, um, so yeah, that, that's all I got to say about that. Um. We'll return after these messages. This podcast episode will continue after a quick message or two from our sponsors and partners. Eternity Radio Radio is an online 24-7 family-friendly Christian radio station. You can tune into hymns, contemporary music, and more. They also provide a variety of programs and shows, including the Saints Edified podcast that you're listening to right now. There is no subscription. You can listen to ER Radio for free by simply visiting www.eternityreadyradio.com. And don't forget to catch the Saints Edified podcast on ER Radio every Friday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to www.eternityreadyradio.com today. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. This is God's Word. Uh, but at the same time, we say, no, you should learn this, man. This is edifying for, uh, for your soul. It's, it's going to build you up. So this is the this is the part, man, where I kind of wanted to just talk a little bit, man, about how this how this doctrine of the canon, right, and how even rejecting the even something negative like rejecting the uh, the apocrypha, how this builds up, how this built you up in the past, whether it be just having some doubts or whether it just be seeing how God works even now uh, after the canon is closed, you know, um, and us being. Um, Sensationist. Sensationist. Yeah, I don't know why I was going to blank on that. Uh, yeah, us, us, that we still think, okay, well, God is still working, and mm. this, this is encouraging, right? So, anyways, I'm, I'm kind of giving away my answer while I'm asking you the question. So, <laughs> so yeah, go ahead, bro. Yeah, go ahead. Finish your. You oh. <laughs> go ahead and answer yourself. Yeah, uh, I was already I, answering, huh? Yeah, I'll just follow. Follow. Yeah. You. So for me, man, like I said earlier, bro, uh, I'm the kind of Christian that that doubts a lot. You know, um, it wasn't until recently that my assurance of faith was built up because uh, shout out to Flame, you know, for forcing me to defend the reform position because <laughs> because I knew the reform position had a solid view of, of assurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I just never really dived into it as much as I did then uh, when we when we actually made a little response video, you know, and, right. and um, I was encouraged, bro, because thinking rightly about doctrine, it's going to affect you. It's going to change you. You, you, you won't come out the same, you know, you won't come out the same when you study God's word. So, so that was on assurance on the, on the, on the topic of Canon to me, when I read God's word now, again, these facts that I learned or that I revisited, whatever, these facts don't establish my faith, but they encourage my faith. Right. Mm-hmm. So even more, it makes me want to read scripture even more. And I meditated on even more um, scripture. Uh, Peter talks about how, how, how we can be more assured in the word, uh, more sure of the word, you know, of, of the prophecies that, that have been fulfilled, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it does that. It, it does that. It, it, it encourages my soul. You know, it, 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 it really just brings me up, you know, and from my doubtful, skeptical mind, um, it puts it, it puts me at ease, it, you know. And so even when I talk to Catholics and they start bringing up councils, I'm like, bro, I just I, I wish you can just see this for what it is, man. You know, and and uh, and evangelism happens, you know, it, 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 it makes me want to preach the gospel, to, preach the gospel to them even more now. You know, because I want them to see this, you know, um, they're trusting in in men, ultimately, you know, uh, in, in, in power. Um, and I want them to trust completely in God's word and Christ and, and gospel promises. So right. so that's what that's what studying the canon does for me, bro. Um, mm-hmm. So when it comes to it, it leading me to doxology. So go. For yeah. It. Yeah. Same here, man. Um, the beginning, the first few years, you get a lot of opposition and questions and. And doubt sets like, yeah, man, that's true. You think to yourself, what, what if we don't have the right Bible? What if we're missing this and missing that? And what if the Catholics are right? And that the church is the sole authority and they give the Bible. You, know, you have all these, and then, and then the spirit drives you to look into these matters. And as you start studying it and understanding it, it does, it builds. The more you understand God, the more you understand his, what did it for me, it was not necessarily all the arguments for the canon. Mm-hmm. Those were more like, yep, uh, yep, that makes sense because who God is. Yep, that makes yeah. sense because who God is. Yeah. What, what it did it for me was God's attributes, understanding mm-hmm. God's sovereignty, yeah. Understanding his providence and uh, understanding um, reform theology, you know, and its cons- in their in- internal consistency uh, within its own system, but also with the with the um, harmony it has with the biblical text, the yeah. testimony of Scripture. So when I understood that, hey no reason to doubt god knows what he's doing he alone sits on the throne he's sovereign over this he's providential and because in his providence i mean you think about it this way you know he makes sure that we are um taken care of physically mm-hmm. right the rain and the sun the rain falls the sun shines for us all right because of god's providence yeah you know, his common goodness to man yeah. mm-hmm. he makes sure we have what we need how much more in the spiritual matters yeah. as he's going to provide for his people what we need and that's his yeah. word he's not going to leave us you know oh you guys you know y'all messed up yeah, I to give you this and that, but look at you guys all, you know, confusing books and yeah. got it all wrong. No, because yeah. God is in control of that, not man. Yeah. And to your point about the Roman Catholics and EOs, yeah, you you want to preach the gospel to them and tell them that man can't save you, so you, you got to stop looking to your church. Um hierarchy pope archbishop for your salvation yeah and you also got to stop looking to yourself 
for your own salvation. So in those two aspects, they're looking to man, looking to man in the church and looking for themselves right. for salvation. Now, by that, when I say that about the church, I'm not saying that we are to reject church leadership, church authority. Right, because, yeah. Because the church has authority. Let's right. be clear on that. We're not rogue, radical yeah. reformers. We, 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 wouldn't, we wouldn't be sole scriptura advocates if, right. uh, if, if we didn't think there was authority. Correct. Know, yeah, so. Because we adopted the creeds, the confessions. Yeah. We understand that the church has a role to play mm. in the authority. There is no salvation outside the church. And what I mean by that, I don't mean there's no salvation outside the Presbyterian church. Right. or the Baptist church, or the Pentecostal church, or the Anglican church. I mean, there is no salvation apart from the universal church of Christ. That's what the Bible is saying. He's not, he's not saying there's no salvation outside the Roman church, or the Eastern Orthodox church, or the Protestant church. Mm-hmm. But the universal church of Christ and all who place their faith in Christ alone for their salvation. Yep. You know, and for me, again, understanding who God was and his sovereignty and that he brings glory to himself and that man has, we're here to, in a sense, I use the word cooperate. But what I mean by that is not autonomously cooperate, but though that we're here for God's pleasure. Let's put it that right. way. Yeah. We exist. The universe exists. Man exists. These governments exist. Everything exists for the glory of God to his ordained plan and what he is unfolding throughout history. Once you understand that, your, a lot of yeah. your doubts, they go, they go by. Yeah. I haven't doubted my faith in a long time. Yeah. Especially when also in the in a understood the authority of scripture, right? Right. Understanding the self-authenticating nature of scripture. And when I became a presuppositionalist, mm-hmm. you know, or I like to use the word, you know, I've been pushing to use the word revelational mm-hmm. apologetics mm-hmm. Um, because that's revelational, meaning our, our apologetics comes from scripture authority yeah. as a revelation to man both general and special revelation once i understood the power of god's word there's nothing that can refute it and that it destroys the wisdom of the world my my faith has even increased stronger because of the truth about scripture, not because the priest, I don't want people to get, oh, he's saying that he don't have doubts and he's a strong Christian Mm -hmm. because of a a presupposition. Mm -hmm. No, because of the principles taught within presuppositional apologetics, namely that we are to stand on the word of God always in every sphere. That increased my faith, understanding that if you reject Christianity, if you reject God's word, all you're left with is irrational, chaotic absurdity. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, if you would like to listen to the full interview or discussion of one or more of these clips, all you have to do is look in the description. There you will find links to the full interviews or discussion on our YouTube page. I would also like to remind you once more that Saints Edified is a listener-supported ministry. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support, consider being a monthly Patreon member by visiting www.patreon.com slash saintsedified. Even $2 a month would be greatly appreciated. Those few dollars every month will help keep this ministry online and growing. Well, that's all I have for you for now. Saints, until next time. Soli de Gloria.